the only goal I had in mind besides to be a hacker was to make $100,000. I was like, you know what? This might be my catch me outside. How about that moment? <laughs> so I said, maybe I could use this as momentum. By gaining more money, I definitely gained more problems. That is definitely true. The thing that I had to learn then, and I'm glad I learned it at that level, is that managing money is important. I was spending money like it was water and I was buying things that I <laughs> What'd didn't What'd you need. buy? Who says tech can't be human? What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back again. And you know what? I got to say, this is a crazy moment because we've been doing podcasting in person for the past year-ish. Yeah. But before the, the pandemic, we were always in person. We did. But now, this episode, it's just you and I. It's you and I. Back in person on the podcast, like the good old days. The good old days. <laughs> back when we were in San Jose, California, just sitting in a little room with sound blankets all the way around us. <laughs> yeah. It was a good time. It was good times, but it's good to be back in person. How would you describe this space? Like how you're feeling right now? Like just being you and I, we got this new desk built. Yeah. How are you feeling about it all? I, it's crazy. I feel like I'm living a dream. Like everything is just elevated, right? Going back to our early days when we're doing content, making it happen. I remember we were doing flyaway kits, like going to conferences. We were going to all the sand summits, right. going to Black Hat, going to RSA, doing nine podcasts back to back to back. But uh, yeah, it looks like uh, we're on to the next thing. Yes, it's been wild. You know what? I got to say, I can't imagine doing it with anybody else than you so thank you also oh, thank you to our that. team we got an amazing team at hacker valley oh yeah and you know what the best part is we got the best audience ever we do <laughs> our audience is so cool i mean we hang out with our audience every chance we get going to conferences yep. going to their city they're coming to our city i mean it, really it's a tribe right if you hop in the hacker valley discord like we talk about the hacker valley family right mm -hmm. if you join the discord if you're looking for your tribe we're there for you every single step of the way exactly so we thought it would be great to talk about something that is reflective because right. you know this is a reflective opportunity for us being here in the studio but also talking about the pivotal moments that really change us as people change us as cybersecurity practitioners and leaders and I'm going to go ahead and kick it to you first. I'm going to put right. you in the hot seat. Yeah. What is the most pivotal moment of your career? What, what comes to mind? I would say there was a period of my life, and I think a lot of people that listen to the show are, are familiar with this point in my life. But so when I made that decision to move from Georgia to California for the Netflix role. Yeah. I think that was the biggest change ever. I think there were other moments in my career that were pretty cool. But I would say that, number one, that was probably the biggest risk, right? right? I had never lived in California ever. Of course, I'd visited, but never lived there before. We had just bought a house in Georgia, so I was going to have to uproot my entire family for this opportunity. And, I mean, it really paid off, right? Netflix was such an amazing place, for one, but then it kind of brought us back together for two. Yeah, It gave us that opportunity at the Hacker House. It gave us the opportunity to start making content together. We sat down, had that one conversation, and we've been doing podcasting ever since. It's been four years, just about. 
So, you know, typically when you look at a moment like that, there's like something that's going on in life and, mm -hmm. you know, you're just doing your thing, but then it's an explosion that happens outside right. of your window and you got to respond to it. Mm -hmm. I would imagine it was probably the offer because I've heard that Netflix throws big numbers. Yep, <laughs> they do. So what would you say was the the pivot in the moment? Was it the, the offer? Was it knowing that you had to move the family? To be honest with you, I, I, my decision, and I don't recommend this to anybody else, <laughs> but my decision making like logic goes into what is the best story? Mm. Like is the story that I turned down Netflix and I said, no, I'm good. I'm going to keep it status quo. I'm going to chill here in Georgia and just do my thing. Or is the story he took a risk, went all the way to California, started working at one of the best companies in the world and made it happen. Right. And so that was like the decision. I mean, the offer, of course, is great, but really it's the opportunity to be connected to such a great brand, to work with such like brilliant people. Netflix is known for having the best and brightest in their company. Oh yeah. And so that was it. That was it for me. Dang. And what about, you know, when you got there? Cause in every great story, there's that moment of the hero feeling like they know what they're doing and then oh. getting smacked by reality. Oh, a hundred percent. I went to Netflix thinking I was the bell of the ball. <laughs> I was gonna go up in there and tell everybody how to do threat intel. But I mean, the environment was so different. The people were different, the processes, the technology. A lot of the technology is built in-house. So I was out of my depths in the very beginning. I, I was like, what am I gonna do? And so I was like, I, I gotta go back to the base, right? I've built so many Threat Intel capabilities across the country. And so how do I do this for one of the most innovative companies in the world and really I just had to go back to basics yeah and that's where the easy framework came from right yeah a lot a lot of stuff came out of just that I would say like three months of after when you moved to California like mm -hmm. in three months everything was different you know yeah from us living together for a few months to your family ultimately making it out mm -hmm. and then creating content starting the podcast together yeah part of it was going viral on LinkedIn <laughs> like in the very very beginning I what think does that even mean though <laughs> Yeah, what does that even mean? So I had this whole thing. I was gonna change my my uh, work location on LinkedIn. Big fanfare, nope, crickets. No one knew anything because I didn't have that one configuration where it says, uh, let your network know that you changed jobs. Right. I was like, oh, I missed my opportunity, my big fanfare. <laughs> and so I just put a little post. There was a picture that my wife took of me in front of the Netflix sign. And I was like, I'll just put it out there. I was like, hey, y'all, just wanted to let y'all know I, I made it at Netflix. You know, if this, you know, Jarhead Marine can do it, anybody can do it. Right. And it just took off. I remember an hour in, I was looking at like 10,000 views. I've never had 10,000 <laughs> views. And I was like, this is crazy. I'm like screenshotting it yeah. all the way. Like, I think by that night, it was like 30,000. When I woke up, it was like 80,000. It just kept going and got all the way up to just about a million. And I would say that was part of the... This might be my catch me outside. How about that moment? So I said, maybe I could use this as momentum. Should I put out more content on LinkedIn? Should right. I do things like hop on some videos with you? Because you were doing a lot of uh, exploitation, like dev type content, which I think was pretty dope. But yeah, I would say that mixed with the podcast, mixed with being at, there at Netflix, everything was just, was just a confluence of, of chance. Yeah. How do you think it's changed you? Like what, what kind of person were you before going to Netflix and what kind of person were you after? Like, especially like that three month exposure. I would say the biggest thing for me was 
not that I wasn't around people that were focused on getting better, but being around people that were so focused on performance was refreshing because I didn't have a lot of people to talk to about the books that I was reading. Because, you know, I've been a personal growth and development guy since day one. Right. So having people that, oh, yeah, I've read that book. I'm like, oh, you read this book, too? And then we would have like big group meetings talking about things like diversity, talking about things like accountability, uh, empathy. I'm like, this is next level. There aren't a lot of companies that give time to the employees to be able to have those conversations at great length. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like not only was I growing as a cybersecurity practitioner, I was growing as a person by leaps and bounds. And then put me in a house with three other guys that are doing the same thing, forget about it. I mean, that was like the biggest growth I think I've had in my entire life. What would you say is one of those pivotal moments for you? It's it's along the same veins. It happened in California. And for anyone that's listening, you don't have to go to California just to (laughs) have a pivotal moment in your career. But one of the things that I was loving doing at this moment, this was about six years ago. I love to listen to podcasts. I love to Mm -hmm. listen to books and read books as well. And I would hear about Kobe Bryant's mentality. And then I started to hear about Michael Jordan's mentality and Serena Williams and a lot of other sports figures that I really looked up to. And Mm -hmm. I I started to see that the real difference with them is that they do things on the weekends. They do things early in the morning when no one wants to. So I started to go to the coffee shop on Mm -hmm. in the mornings. And that's one of the traditions that we created together as well. Um, But I would go to the coffee shops in the morning and just put in that extra layer of effort. That's where I got to learn Python. That's where I got to learn more about automation. Mm -hmm. That's where I got to learn more about even self-help and development. I started to read uh, great books, especially Harvard Business Review books like Mm -hmm. Managing Oneself by Peter F. Drucker. And during all of these moments, everything in my life was changing. I was working at a startup. And the startup was, you know, going through a ton of success. The startup was Demisto. And also during that, you know, stint of going to the coffee shops early in the morning, I met my wife. That's where we met. We met at the coffee shop just by happenstance. We sat by each other. And it was one of those days where I showed up intending to work. And I think this is so relatable to what we do every day. I showed up intending to work and something else happened. Mm. But I was available for the moment to change my life. Right. And I think, you know, when we started to go to the coffee shop together, it was the same thing. We started to plan out and people would ask us, how do you build the consistency? It's like, well, you build it by just doing it one day after the next Mm -hmm. and showing up when your shift really is. Yeah. You said something just now that's super powerful. You said, be available for the moment. Right. And I think when you look at my story with Netflix, it's the same. Be available, right? Here's this opportunity. Are you going to take it or are you going to go stay status quo? For you, it's like, hey, you know, I'm here. I'm about to go to work. Oh, wow. This woman is fantastic. Right. But if you were like, you know what? Nope. Hitting the game. I'm not going to be available for it. You wouldn't have your wife today, right? Right. So I would say when people are living their lives. I feel like we get caught up in the rat race. We get caught up in the day to day. We're just doing the same thing over and over and over again. When you think about being available for the moment, how does someone step into that? How does someone become aware of the moments as they're happening? There's a lot. That's a, that's a tough one to answer because everybody's different. Right. And I think that's what one thing that we also have to celebrate is what works for you might not be what works for me. Some mm-hmm. people say like, oh, meditation is great. But for me to stay in the present moment is breathing. Yeah. G- doing box breathing, three seconds in, holding for three, three seconds out. Like when I'm doing things like that, I'm just so in the moment because I'm also in my body. I'm, yeah. I'm feeling the 
physiological changes. But even if it's like I'm trying to prepare for something big, like a keynote speech or mm -hmm. a webinar, a conference, live podcasting, what I like to do is longer breathing. And one of the things I like to do is Wim Hof. Yeah. Yeah. And that keeps me in the moment. But we were just driving over here and we were listening to another podcast, the yeah. Founders Podcast. Founders Podcast. And I never thought about it, but reading also keeps you in the moment. You yep. can't be doing something else while you're reading. Right. Especially if you're reading and trying to retain. Like you can yeah. read, but not all. Oh, what did I just read for the last 10 pages? Exactly. No idea. We have some news to share with you, a member of the Hacker Valley Media family. As of 2023, we became a full-time independent cybersecurity media company, and we're committed to bringing you the most powerful, thought-provoking stories in the field of cybersecurity. And we learned we can't do it alone. We'd love to invite you to our exclusive Patreon community, where we host a monthly mastermind where you can meet like-minded individuals in the field of cybersecurity that are trying to be more creative and be the best version of themselves that they can be. We would love if you took a second and visited patreon.com forward slash Hacker Valley Studio, and we'll see you in the mastermind. Whenever I think about me in my life, how do I find a thing that grounds me and gets me in the moment, but then also puts me in a position where I can really receive things that are going on? Because you could be like handling the day to day with the kids, you could kind of get caught up and you're not seeing everything else that's going on around you. Right. I actually heard a TikTok a couple weeks ago and I thought it was incredible because we talk about the, the mind being a machine all the time. It's a computer and we talk about being patched, but you can also program yourself. You know, we've always heard about like gratitude journaling, gratitude mm -hmm. journaling, oh, that's a powerful thing. But I think folks, when they hear that, they're like, oh, it's kind of woo woo, oh, I'm just gonna, oh, this is what I'm grateful for, oh, I feel much better, and then go about your day. But what I didn't realize, because this is a neuroscientist that was talking about this, what you're actually doing is you're programming your brain to find the moments in which you're grateful. Mm. So every day, whatever time you're doing it, you're writing down what you're grateful for, your brain is looking for those moments. Your brain is being programmed during that time. So then you get to the point eventually that your brain is gonna automatically select those moments of gratitude as they're happening. It's a machine, it's Oof. like a learning algorithm. It's gonna right. say, oh wow, this is a moment. And so even by me understanding that, I started to realize the moments as they were happening. I started to realize the great moments with my kids, like just like, oh, wow, like it, I'm going to miss this when I'm 60 years old mm -hmm. or a moment with my wife, like walking down like in a nice, beautiful day, just talking to each other, talking about the future, talking about our dreams, talking about the next vacation. When you program your mind to, to find all of those things instead of looking for the bad things, because right now I think when you look at social media sometimes, sometimes when you look at regular media, it's always the bad stuff. So right. then people are always looking for the bad things. They're looking for when was I slighted? When was I cheated? When did this person not invite me to the birthday party? A lot of people are looking for that stuff. But if you reprogram your mind to look for the good things, not only will you be happier, but I think you'd show up in life much better. You know, we're talking about dreaming and, and whatnot. I think a lot of the times when people break into cybersecurity, they're, they have, they're, they're putting their mind into the future. Mm -hmm. It's hard to stay in the present moment when you have big goals and big dreams. And I think, you know, putting yourself into the future can be very valuable, but you Again. have to learn how to, you know, capitalize on the present. And mm -hmm. I love the idea of doing a gratitude journal. Right. I love journaling in general. 
And one of the, the prompts in my journal is gratitude. I try mm -hmm. to put three things that I'm grateful for. And one of the things that I learned is you can't be too nonspecific. Like right. you have to give some details about what you're grateful right. for. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for waking up. But what about waking up? Are you grateful for? Why is that mm -hmm. a moment for gratitude? I'm, I'm yeah. grateful because I get to enjoy the sunlight. It mm -hmm. feels great outside. Maybe you have a beautiful window in your home and you get to appreciate the nature mm -hmm. and, you know, just inventorying them and being specific can take it to that next level. Yep. hundred percent. I think it is about sort of realizing what the, the good is that one of the things that I've done, and I did this even by accident is I was grateful for being able to walk from my bed to fresh water and like 10 steps because not only is there a lot of people out there that don't have access to clean water or at least readily available uh i had my time in the united states marine corps over in iraq we didn't have access to water like that you know we mm -hmm. had bottles of water if i had to go use the bathroom or i had to go take a shower i had to put on shoes and go across you know in the sand to somewhere else to, to take a shower so like just little things like that just keeping that stuff in the back of your mind keeping me grounded and then just being grateful for stuff but i will say you do have to set goals, yep. right? You, you can't just stay in the present. I think you can live in the present, but you do have to have a direction in which you're headed. I remember when I was, I just got to my first duty station and I remember I went to somebody's house. I'd never been there before. And uh, the, the main man of the house had come in with his girlfriend and they're all excited. They're all dressed up. And I was like, oh, wow, what's going on with it? Well, why are they so excited? And he turns, he says, I just got a job offer for six figures. Mm. And I was like, wait a minute, what? What rank are you? <laughs> He's like, E5. <laughs> Same rank as me. I'm like, wait a second. I was like, you're going to get out of the military and then you already have a job and it's six figures? Right. When I heard that, something implanted into my <laughs> brain and said, when you get out, you are going to make six figures. There was no like, oh, maybe, wouldn't that be nice? There wasn't like, oh, I'm going to try to. It was in my mind that I was going to make six I figures. I remember going to interviews on my way out of the Marine Corps, and they were like, hey, this is a salary. I'm like, oh, yeah, so sorry. I'm, I'm looking for this. And I would just like completely, like, it might be a decent opportunity. In fact, I had some ridiculously awesome opportunities, but that just, that number in my mind was just embedded, and there was nothing I could do to change it. I ended up getting it. That's when I went to United States Cyber Command, but I just knew that that was my time to make that money. Right. And if I wanted to start at a certain level and then work my way up, I knew I had to just hit that. What was the first time that you made like the six figure mark? I was the same way. When I was really young, the, the only goal I had in mind besides to be a hacker was to make $100,000. I was yeah. like, I gotta make, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. I have to, I need to, I need it. I need to make a hundred thousand. Right. So when I first got into cyber, uh, I was making 35 K, but mm -hmm. I was a network engineer for a bit yeah. and transitioning to get more security experience. So I was configuring firewalls for a little bit. And then a great company, Booz Allen Hamilton reached out to me and they offered me a job to make 65,000. Mm. And at this time I'm 19. So right. bringing in 65K, it's pretty good. I felt like the biggest baller. <laughs> but there was still that thing in the back of my mind yeah, that said, this, ain't it. this isn't 100,000. Right. But working that job over the course of two years, I was able to bump my pay up to 100K. The next year after getting that first 65K, uh, they gave me like a $15,000 raise. Because mm -hmm. turns out 65,000 for someone that is putting in the reps every day mm -hmm. is 
it could be a small salary. I didn't realize I was one of the lowest paid people on the mm -hmm. team. Then the next year, they gave me a big bump and I made my way to 100. Yeah. The only devastating part about all of this is I didn't even like celebrate it. I didn't mm. think in that very moment, like I did it, I made 100. I was so caught up in my own problems and, mm. and situation that that was one moment that I did not celebrate. But looking back on like being like, having a gratitude list is mm -hmm. something that I'm grateful for in, in retrospect, looking, looking at it now rather than like when I first had that moment. Yeah. It's crazy that it seems like we're programmed to when we have these big achievements, it's almost like, all right, what's next? Yeah. And I think that's good in some regard because it's, it doesn't, it keeps you from being complacent. But I do think that we have to have more of a celebration of the things that, that we do have. Yeah. And even though I'm sure some people are like, why, why are we celebrating money? Money isn't everything correct. But I do believe that your salary is a reflection of the value that you're given to a company. Definitely. And so sometimes when you set your salary to a certain degree, you know, I'm going to perform at this level. They're going to get their money, their money's <laughs> worth with me. So I think that's something that, that people should keep in mind when they're thinking about this stuff. The other thing that it taught me is that when you start at that level, you pretty much only want to go up. Definitely. And so this is almost 10 years ago, right? So your salary is going to continue to go up if you're making the right moves, unless you like have a complete change of heart. You're like, I want to do something else. Then you might start over. But if you're staying in a field, especially in technology, the trend is usually to go up. Mm -hmm. The thing that I had to learn then, and I'm glad I learned it at that level, is that managing money is important. I was spending money like it was water, and I was buying things that I <laughs> didn't What'd you need. buy? <laughs> Man, I bought me a SRT 392 Ooh. Dodge Charger. I love that car. I miss it. I wish it was still here. If you're out there, I miss you. I love you. But I'm telling you, that Charger was everything. I had it ordered from the factory. I was like, ooh, I want red seatbelts, just because. I had red interior. I had everything. I had the entire uh, technology packaging. But then my wife got pregnant with Layla, my second child. And then we had another one. And then it got <laughs> to the point where it's like we either still look like a badass or you can do something that's more functional for your family. And right then I, I started to think that there was something else out there. But I remember when we moved from Maryland to Georgia, I drove down by myself. The family had already gone ahead and I put in this audible book, The Millionaire Next Door. I'm listening to it. And he's talking about like, this is what a, a millionaire acts like. Right. They, they don't they're not overly extravagant. They're not overly spendy. They don't always go for things. They go for value. They go for things that last and they go through for the things that they need. And I remember driving there, parking, the tape was done. I was completely changed. Like I bought this Rolex before that and I haven't bought another Rolex since. Like I could have just kept buying Rolexes, mm. but I said, you know what? This is like a celebration of my success at that point in time. Like this is the, the keepsake that I have. Right. But I probably won't just go buy a bunch of watches. There's nothing wrong if you love watches and that's what you want to invest your money in. I just know that, you know, people, they, they have stuff that they like, but you don't always have to buy everything to keep up with the Joneses, right? right. That's not going to be conducive to the lifestyle that you want to live. But what would you say you learned or what was the big thing around money that you had around that time for you? I thought that six figures would go way further. Mm -hmm. Even like when I got my first break into cybersecurity, making around 35 to 65, I started to realize that there's food 
there's rent or mortgage, there's car payments, there's phone bills. Mm -hmm. So I started to be a little bit more strategic as well. When I was 22, I bought my first home. Mm -hmm. And that was life changing for me because when I had a place I could put all my computer stuff, I love technology, but it also gave me the opportunity to kind of treat my assets like a business or like people in the Marines. Mm -hmm. Every Marine has their purpose. You right. have a skill, you have a profession. And I, I started to give my money that as well. So yeah. I, I got roommates mm -hmm. and I was like, well, they're going to be helping me with my rent, yep. with my mortgage. And then I started to invest in stock. Mm -hmm. And I, I think getting more into cybersecurity and more into leadership, you start to see how leaders are doing things. You're mm -hmm. talking about the millionaire next door, just seeing how the most successful people that you know, how do they operate in the world, whether it's from career to how they treat their money yep. to their mindset. So by gaining more money, I definitely gained more problems. That is definitely true. That is true. But I also gained more maturity and more mm. confidence into observing people and asking questions. I love that. I love that. That's, that's beautiful. So, I mean, that's that's pretty much the gist of not only like understanding the pivotal moments, like realizing that something is happening before you, like being open to that, but then open to what happens when success happens, right? right? Because they say success is its own type of curse, right? You have to then decide who are you as a person. Sometimes you get success and your ego gets a little big. It's happened yeah. to me. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. It's happened to me sometimes. But I got to get it in check and understand I'm a person and so is everyone else. I think one of the things that is kind of the common denominator here is you got to be grateful. You got to be present for these pivotal moments that might come up. They mm -hmm. could be a moment that could change your life forever. I mean, you coming to California changed both of our lives, right. that small little thing. <laughs> and I got to say, you know, we dropped some books here, mm -hmm. so we'll be sure to drop those into the show notes. We have a lot of exciting episodes coming up, some in person here with just Chris and I, but also some with some guests that you may know in cybersecurity. And with that, we'll see everyone next time.